Section 7 of Report to the President by the Presidential Commission on the Space Shuttle Challenger Accident. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report to the President by the Presidential Commission on the Space Shuttle Challenger Accident. Chapter 4 The Cause of the Accident. Part 4 findings one a combustion gas leak through the right solid rocket motor aft field joint initiated at or shortly after ignition eventually weakened and or penetrated the external tank initiating vehicle structural breakup and loss of the space shuttle challenger during sts mission fifty one l two the evidence shows that no other STS-51L shuttle element or the payload contributed to the causes of the right solid rocket motor aft field joint combustion gas leak. Sabotage was not a factor. 3. Evidence examined in the review of space shuttle material, manufacturing, assembly, quality control, and processing of nonconformance reports found no flight hardware shipped to the launch site that fell outside the limits of shuttle design specifications. 4. Launch site activities, including assembly and preparation, from receipt of the flight hardware to launch, were generally in accord with established procedures and were not considered a factor in the accident. 5. Launch site records show that the right solid rocket motor segments were assembled using approved procedures, However, significant out-of-round conditions existed between the two segments joined at the right solid rocket motor aft field joint, the joint that failed. A. While the assembly conditions had the potential of generating debris or damage that could cause O-ring seal failure, these were not considered factors in this accident. B. The diameters of the two solid rocket motor segments had grown as a result of prior use. C. The growth resulted in a condition at time of launch wherein the maximum gap between the tang and clevis in the region of the joint's O-rings was no more than .008 inches, and the average gap would have been .004 inches. D. With a tang-to-clevis gap of .004 inches, the O-ring in the joint would be compressed to the extent that it pressed against all three walls of the O-ring retaining channel. E. The lack of roundness of the segments was such that the smallest tang-to-clevis clearance occurred at the initiation of the assembly operation at positions of 120 degrees and 300 degrees, around the circumference of the aft field joint. It is uncertain if this tight condition and the resultant greater compression of the O-rings at these points persisted to the time of launch. 6. The ambient temperature at time of launch was 36 degrees Fahrenheit, or 15 degrees lower than the next coldest previous launch. A. The temperature at the 300-degree position on the right aft field joint circumference was estimated to be 28 degrees plus or minus 5 degrees Fahrenheit. This was the coldest point on the joint. B. 
temperature on the opposite side of the right solid rocket booster facing the sun was estimated to be about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 7. Other joints on the left and right solid rocket boosters experienced similar combinations of tang to clevis gap clearance and temperature. It is not known whether these joints experienced distress during the flight of 51L. 8. Experimental evidence indicates that due to several effects associated with the solid rocket booster's ignition and combustion pressures and associated vehicle motions, the gap between the tang and clavis will open as much as 0 0.017 and 0 0.029 inches at the secondary and primary o-rings respectively a this opening begins upon ignition reaches its maximum rate of opening at about 200 to 300 milliseconds and is essentially complete at 600 milliseconds when the solid rocket booster reaches its operating pressure b the external tank and right solid rocket booster are connected by several struts including one at 310 degrees near the aft field joint that failed this strut's effect on the joint dynamics is to enhance the opening of the gap between the tang and clevis by about 10 to 20 percent in the region of 300 to 320 degrees nine o-ring resiliency is directly related to its temperature a a warm o-ring that has been compressed will return to its original shape much quicker than will a cold o-ring when compression is relieved thus a warm o-ring will follow the opening of the tang to clevis gap a cold o-ring may not b a compressed o-ring at seventy five degrees fahrenheit is five times more responsive in returning to its uncompressed shape than a cold o-ring at thirty degrees fahrenheit c as a result it is probable that the o-rings in the right solid booster aft field joint were not following the opening of the gap between the tang and clevis at time of ignition Ten. experiments indicate that the primary mechanism that actuates o-ring sealing is the application of gas pressure to the upstream high-pressure side of the o-ring as it sits in its groove or channel a for this pressure actuation to work most effectively a space between the o-ring and its upstream channel wall should exist during pressurization b a tang to clevis gap of point zero zero four inches as probably existed in the failed joint would have initially compressed the o-ring to the degree that no clearance existed between the o-ring and its upstream channel wall and the other two surfaces of the channel c at the cold launch temperature experienced the o-ring would be very slow in returning to its normal rounded shape it would not follow the opening of the tang to clevis gap it would remain in its compressed position in the o-ring channel and not provide a space between itself and the upstream channel wall thus it is probable the o-ring would not be pressure actuated to seal the gap in time to preclude joint failure due to blow-by and erosion from hot combustion gases eleven the sealing characteristics of the solid rocket booster o-rings 
are enhanced by timely application of motor pressure. A. Ideally, motor pressure should be applied to actuate the O-ring and seal the joint prior to significant opening of the tang to clevis gap, 100 to 200 milliseconds after motor ignition. B. Experimental evidence indicates that temperature, humidity, and other variables in the putty compound used to seal the joint can delay pressure application to the joint by 500 milliseconds or more. C. This delay in pressure could be a factor in initial joint failure. 12. Of 21 launches with ambient temperatures of 61 degrees Fahrenheit or greater, only four showed signs of O-ring thermal distress, that is, erosion or blow-by and soot. Each of the launches below 61 degrees Fahrenheit resulted in one or more O-rings showing signs of thermal distress. A. Of these improper joint sealing actions, one-half occurred in the aft field joints, 20% in the center field joints, and 30% in the upper field joints. The division between left and right solid rocket boosters was roughly equal. Each instance of thermal O-ring distress was accompanied by a leak path in the insulating putty. The leak path connects the rocket's combustion chamber with the O-ring region of the tang and clevis. Joints that actuated without incident may also have had these leak paths. 13. There is a possibility that there was water in the clevis of the STS-51L joints, since water was found in the STS-9 joints during a destack operation after exposure to less rainfall than STS-51L. At the time of launch, it was cold enough that water present in the joint would freeze, Tests show that ice in the joint can inhibit proper secondary seal performance. 14. A series of puffs of smoke were observed emanating from the 51L aft field joint area of the right solid rocket booster between 0.678 and 2.500 seconds after ignition of the shuttle solid rocket motors. A. The puffs appeared at a frequency of about three puffs per second. This roughly matches the natural structural frequency of the solids at liftoff and is reflected in slight cyclic changes of the tang to clevis gap opening. B. The puffs were seen to be moving upward along the surface of the booster above the aft field joint. C. The smoke was estimated to originate at a circumferential position of between 270 degrees and 315 degrees on the booster aft field joint emerging from the top of the joint. 15. This smoke from the aft field joint at shuttle liftoff was the first sign of the failure of the solid rocket booster O-ring seals on STS-51L. 16. The leak was again clearly evident as a flame at approximately 58 seconds into the flight. It is possible that the leak was continuous but unobservable, or non-existent in portions of the intervening period. It is possible in either case that thrust vectoring and normal vehicle response to wind shear, 
as well as planned maneuvers, reinitiated or magnified the leakage from a degraded seal in the period preceding the observed flames. The estimated position of the flame, centered at a point 307 degrees around the circumference of the aft field joint, was confirmed by the recovery of two fragments of the right solid rocket booster. A. A small leak could have been present that may have grown to breach the joint in flame at a time on the order of 58 to 60 seconds after liftoff. B. Alternatively, the O-ring gap could have been resealed by the deposition of a fragile buildup of aluminum oxide and other combustion debris. This resealed section of the joint could have been disturbed by thrust vectoring, space shuttle motion, and flight loads induced by changing winds aloft. C. The winds aloft caused control actions in the time interval of 32 seconds to 62 seconds into the flight that were typical of the largest values experienced on previous missions. Conclusion In view of the findings, the Commission concluded that the cause of the Challenger accident was the failure of the pressure seal in the aft field joint of the right solid rocket motor. The failure was due to a faulty design unacceptably sensitive to a number of factors. These factors were the effects of temperature, physical dimensions, the character of materials, the effects of reusability, processing, and the reaction of the joint to dynamic loading. End of section 7. Recording by Maria Casper.